0: The following podcast is set in a quarantine New York City. As such, some of the language and much of the content is intended for mature audiences. Consider yourself warned. news that the city of Los Angeles has liberated itself from continental
1: oversight and become a free city. Where once New York was alone in its resistance, it has now picked up a transcontinental partner. Speculations abound about what it will all mean for the city as suspicions swirl that it could be a Lenape diversion. Two nights later, I was at Rusher Club for the Cryer Brothers' record release. The place was packed. Fortunately, I was in one of the much-prized private tents with Lenape liaison officer Rainier Tot, a real paragon of graft and corruption. He looked more like a drug dealer than a mercenary. His shock of red hair plastered to his skull, his garish silk and track suit combo topped off with a giant scuba compass on his wrist. Our private tent was the perfect place to be seen yet unseen and conduct highly visible secret deals. Suddenly, Fat Finn, part owner of Russia, invaded, crashed in, whipping the tent flap aside. Apparently, Rainier had been light on payment. Wanting Finn gone, I said, Why are you trying to piss him
0: off, Rainier? Just pay the man.
1: Rainier nodded vigorously.
0: Yeah, yeah, pay the man. This is what I have done, isn't it? payment has been made, yes?
1: Finn spat on the ground. No, pay me what you owe,
0: you Lenape fuck. Four drinks, a big bag of Cheetos, at least ten minutes sitting in front of the TV sucking your thumb. And this, you Len
1: Finn pulled out a beat-up copy of Vanity Fair from a sizable waistband and threw it on the table.
0: Doesn't cover it. Yeah, I know Finn, I know, but look.
1: Reiner picked up the issue and began fanning through it.
0: This one has a photo spread of Klaus von Bulliulo. Look at the pictures, man.
1: I took the magazine away from Rainier to make a closer examination. There were no subscription postcards. The corners were frayed and the spine was broken. It really was a piece of junk. And I imagine Rainier had probably been reading it. I held up my hand. Finn, it's cool. Just put them on my tab. Finn shot me a look.
0: What tab, Governor? You drink for free.
1: I leaned back, digging into my coat pockets, pulling out a five pack of triple A's. That should hold us. Just keep it flowing, huh? Finn wasn't gone 10 seconds when our second visitor came careening through the tent flap. All 300 plus pounds of Rafael Alejandre slipped through the flap and slid into the booth next to me. He was such a sizable chunk of humanity that Rainier's side of the booth rose an inch when Raphael sat down. He swung his briefcase up onto the table and it landed with a thud. Clearly, he was high as a kite. Raphael was a notorious MD addict, which is one of the mole's best synthetic creations, short for Manifest Destiny. Everything is a sign, a confirmation that all is one, that you are in the center of that one, and that your own personal epoch is but moments away. Kind of like if you crossed cocaine with Buddhism. Typically, MD is brewed with coffee and Raphael was rarely without a mug of it. In his defense, Raphael probably needed to have all that destiny dust in his system to keep him going as the quarantine's master builder. He was endlessly inventive, a real wizard at resurrecting equipment from the scrap heap and finding alternative sources of energy. In the spring of our second year, he was able to establish a snail-slow internet connection with a cell phone. Small fortunes were signed over to him so that the two years of backlogged emails could be checked. His greatest creations were reserved for the Shoppers, a coalition of reformed youth gang hoodlums. The Shoppers suppl- supplemented Lenape aid by scouring abandoned supermarkets in towns on Lower Long Island. They went out to Eastern terminals in Jersey to siphon off oil from the giant tanks, even as far as Newark in the dead of the night to break into working supermarkets. Sounds easy, right? It would have been were it not for the protective custody agency. The PCA was formed once the Continental Powers had last grasped that perhaps the evacuation Manhattan was not so thorough. Getting the rest of us off the island by force if necessary was their prime directive. All during our first year, they came through the Hudson Tunnel at night in units and forcibly repatriated squatters. Wandering West Soho at night drunk was a bad idea. You might end up being tossed into a sack, thrown out the back of a truck, or taken to the repatriation center in Newark. One Sunday morning, a group of 20 picnickers by Chelsea Piers were captured en masse and ferried away in speedboats. All that was left was the remains of their meal, blankets, sandals, bloodstains, and torn out tufts of hair. The PCA even staged night raids early on, pushing the entire population to the east side for a couple of months. But then, for whatever reason, the raids stopped cold. An unspoken understanding arose. We'd be left alone if we stayed on the island and kept a low profile. The PCA could accept our presence as long as it was discreet. Meanwhile, they kept up their patrols of the no man's land between Manhattan and Newark, There would have been no contact whatsoever were it not for the shoppers constantly making forays out into the in-between for resources. Even the GNG couldn't stop the shoppers. They were at once too legendary and too unpredictable. Raphael's job was to give the shoppers a fighting chance. He armored city buses and rigged up trash trucks with guns. He provided nail grenades and smoke bombs. He even began to work on a submersible to pilfer Lenape crates in the harbor before they could get to them. Now, he sat across from us with a big grin spreading across his face.
0: I've got it, man.
1: The answer. He unsnapped the latches of his briefcase and lifted the lid.
0: Yes, yes I do. But I'm in need of your help, I'm talking serious stuff, like maybe... Six of your guys for a couple of months, and a city bus, and big trash trucks, some gas, correction, much gas, how how else are we going to get off with the stuff we need?
1: He had the look on his face. It's a look you get when you're starving and you get a slice of pizza, and as you're drawing out your eyes bulge and you lose focus and it doesn't matter, you don't give a damn. That's the look of an MD
0: addict. Very important to be correct about this. Look here.
1: He tapped one page with his finger.
0: That's the wrong spot. It's going to have to be moved.
1: I picked up the sheet for closer inspection. I was drunk, but I wasn't that drunk. Uh, if any sense could have been made from that page, I would have found it. What, what is all this? He gave a hurt look, as if I should have already known what the plans were. This was an annoying side effect of MD. He believed he'd told me everything already.
0: What do you mean? It's my plan, man.
1: I looked again at the page and again had no luck deciphering it.
0: Plan for what? To get to a free Los Angeles and back!
1: It was laughable. There was no way he was getting to Los Angeles. We're talking about 3,000 miles on foot. And besides, taking his size and general demeanor into account, he'd stick out like a sore thumb once he'd reached the populated lands. He probably wouldn't get past Newark. The PCA would pick him up and repatriate all 300 pounds of him. Rainier quickly arrived at the same conclusion.
0: No, no, my friend. You can't get across the continent and back without getting picked up by the PCA.
1: Raphael shook his head.
0: That's just it. I'm never going to set foot on the continent. Look. Tapped at one of the sketches. Here's the fuselage. Here's where we'll attach the turbines to the wings.
1: He pulled out another page.
0: Look, look. Here is from the front. I'm going to put in landing gear, but ejection is more likely. It's hard to land this passenger. Then I'll figure something out to get back. The main thing is that it has to outrun the U.S. jets. And we know
1: that they're sure and slow. He shook with laughter, which in (laughs) turn shook the booth. No, no,
0: wait. That's not the main thing. The main thing is I need your help. A patron.
1: He needed someone like me. He had to get out of JFK, which meant lots of gas. He needed manpower, and I had a superior division of mechanics and engineers in my administration. Moreover, he needed protection. He was smart enough to know what would happen when the GNG discovered his plan. They had strict policies regarding engagement with the continent and would put a quick end to the project. I wish I could help you, but our coffers are empty, Raphael. We're running a big deficit this year. Everything's been cut to the bone. Raphael grimaced. Bone?
0: There's a bone?
1: Raphael took a sip of his M.D., his eyes growing a little foggy.
0: Well, your blessing then, that alone could help
1: me a lot. He was going to make it hard. The M.D. pumping through his veins wouldn't let him take a hint. I shook my head. I can't do it. I'm in the shithouse with the C.A.R.C. Raphael cocked his head. C.A.R.C. I nodded. Central authoring regarding congregations and rations. It'll take them about five minutes to hear about this, and they'll shut
0: you down cold and be asking me questions.
1: Raphael turned to Rainier.
0: CRC, this is a thing?
1: Yes, it's a quarter thing, not a lending. Raphael smiled, looking at Rainier, then at me.
0: You guys are kidding me, right?
1: Fortunately, I know a trick when it comes to MD addicts. It's especially effective with long-term users. You just answer a question with a question, preferably a loaded question, one that suggests paths to epochs and revelations, and so... I narrowed my eyes. Do you think I don't believe in you? His brow furrowed. His head cocked slightly to the side. His foggy eyes got foggier. I continued pressing him. Am I the one? just stand in the way of your true patron. Raphael squinted. It was as if he had a hidden receiver in his ear and was receiving a transmission. He frowned, turned to Rainier, and then back to me. Who is my true patron? I gave Rainier a look, inviting him to join in. Your true patron? Is that really a question? That did it. He wound down like a clock. He still had that spaced-out look on his face, but the flicker behind it had died. He breathed in through his nose, held his breath, and let out a gasp.
0: Jesus, maybe you're right.
1: He turned to Rainier, who gave him a patronizing nod. Yes, friend, better go find the question. Raphael stared out into space.
0: Yes, the question?
1: His meaty paws gathered the pages of his plans and lifted them into his briefcase. He brought down the lid, secured the latches. All of this was done slowly and without words. He slid out of the booth, stepped out of the tent, and was gone from our lives. Of course, Rainier was tickled by the exchange.
0: Well, well, well. Interesting friend you have there. I shrugged. More of an acquaintance, uh...
1: Rainier arched a brow.
0: Indeed, a dangerous
1: one, I should think. I stared away, looking through the tent flap. Raphael lumbering around on the dance floor, briefcase still under his arm.
0: You have to have more wits to qualify as dangerous.
1: You know that, Rainier.
0: And you're nodded. Perhaps, but if my comrades catch wind of that plan, we're
1: talking trouble. I gave him a long, baleful look. Are you planning
0: on telling them, Rainier? Please. I'm a liaison's officer. I talk much, I say nothing. All I'm telling you is be careful. You don't want to get mixed up in monkey business. No kidding. Didn't you just see me turn him away? Sure I did
1: that night i dreamt i dreamt about raphael in the seat of his homemade jet screaming across the continent over the cornfields of kansas weaving through the rockies of colorado gracefully touching down on the beaches of venice to a hero's welcome only when he came out of the jet he was charred like a kebab that had been left too long on the barbecue Smoke rising from his walking corpse, he said,
0: "Thanks God. The sanity fixed everything." You have been listening to The Decline and Fall of All Y'all, written and scored by Norm Cody and read by James G. Barry. This podcast is an unlimited liability production. For more information, visit declineandfall.us, where you will also find the soundtrack for the book, recorded by the quarantine band, Motorsoft. You can also like us on Facebook, where we'll keep you posted on episodes and extras. We love New York City. Long live New York City.